We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Sign up for your daily go-to free sports newsletter at sports.axios.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Reload by Prediction, the esports video talk show network. I trust everyone is enjoying their lovely Tuesday morning. If you're across the pond, well, maybe your evening at that point, but still, I know that I'm enjoying my morning right now because we've got some excellent subjects to cover for this episode right the dallas empire have announced their uh not only their branding but their entire starting roster also just yesterday right the seattle uh call of duty organization have also announced their entire starting lineup as well uh we've also got a chance to cover scum's departure from optic what that means amongst the call of duty life cycle what it means amongst the um some of the biggest moments running Call of Duty Esports history, where does it kind of rack uh, and where does it kind of stand and also a few other subjects to cover as well if we get to it. But Prediction does offer the chance to learn and converse on more in-depth subjects, but all the latest and greatest esports from NBA 2K to Overwatch to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Dota, esports news and business, and of course Call of Duty. We cover so much here at Prediction and are only continuing to expand rapidly each and every day. And uh, feel free, right, to let us know what game or esport you guys would like to see us get involved with next by mentioning us on social media. Tweet at us at Prediction with two E's or at myself at Lando. For those that may be listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, etc. today, welcome. If you are interested in joining us live and being involved in the chat, you can join us every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash prediction esports. Again, that's twitch.tv slash prediction with two E's esports, uh, or rather esports, excuse me, at the end. Uh, again, that's twitch.tv slash prediction esports. Gotta make sure I say that correctly. That's my apologies for that. But regardless, though, really quickly, I know everyone's really excited about uh, Modern Warfare, right? That's coming out incredibly 
soon, just a few days away uh, as we are recording this. So if you do have an opportunity before the game has released, make sure to go visit the Prediction uh, Twitter, right? Because they're doing a Modern Warfare giveaway still yet to be announced. So if you guys are interested, make sure, right? Make sure to enter into that. Uh, it's obviously a great opportunity to uh, possibly walk away with a copy of the game. And I think it could be great for you guys. Uh, I just did a giveaway on my personal Twitter. Prediction, obviously, is doing that as well. So a huge shout-out to them. So if you guys would like to, make sure to do it, right? It doesn't hurt to even enter in the giveaway. So uh, like I said, make sure to visit the Twitter account. Uh, but like I said, guys, we have an excellent show today. A lot of stuff to uh, to kind of highlight, a lot of things to cover. Um, the first thing that I really want to try and uh, break into, and uh, shout-out to Dr. Strange. Appreciate it, buddy. Hope you're having a great day as well. The first thing I really want to talk about today um, is by far my favorite branding announcement that we have seen uh, up to this point, right? The Dallas Empire, they nailed it. <laughs> they, they did. As as kind of expected, we thought, you know, their landing, how is it going to work? Like, how are they going to kind of stick their uh, the landing after what had been a fantastic launch up to this point? And they nailed it, right? When it, and whenever it comes to, to franchising as well, I think a lot of people have been among the idea that we're focusing too much on announcements and it really is about the team, which is which is true, right? That's, that's not odd to say. Um, however, I think that for me, I've just been very interested in it more than I think a lot of people have just because I'm curious where the level is, right? Like what is the level in terms of franchising and how you want to try to introduce your team? Because this is a huge announcement. Like it's not, it's not as if it's unknown, 25 million dollars that's how much it costed so if you're going to try to you know broadcast your team i think that you should do it in, a, in a, the best way you possibly can and i think that the dallas empire aka envy uh did a fantastic job with it i think everything was calculated i think from the announcements to the overall video the way that they kind of portrayed it i thought it was great um i also do by the way in terms of the logo which you guys can obviously see on screen if you visit their twitter at dallas empire you can see it as well i think the logo is, is fantastic as well i was kind of against the name empire because it was just like I don't know, it kind of has like a Star Wars type feel to it. I, I just wasn't like the biggest fan until I saw like the crown and then obviously the Envy, which was, which is intended. I know this for a fact. The Envy was intended in the crown. There's a lot of people saying that it wasn't. It actually is. And if it wasn't, then that person just happened to make the the uh, the greatest accident uh, of all time. But I think that it was subtle and I think it was very well done. Um, and in terms of announcements... I'm not doing this for anyone else, but I think <laughs> the Dallas Empire, I give them a 9.5 out of 10. I think there's room for improvement, but I think they set the bar incredibly, incredibly high. And uh, Ch uh, Sharp says in the chat from an, from an Envy, it's sad to see the old brand leave. Oh, an Envy fan, I gotcha. Uh, it's hard to see the old brand leave, but I'm glad we got something fresh like the Empire to replace it. I think that's good, and I think a lot of people share the same thoughts that someone you know like Sharp is kind of mentioning in the chat, where it sucks, right, if you're a fan of the optics, the envies, the phases out there, which I know we can obviously talk about that at a different time, but, you know, it is somewhat difficult to kind of leave the old branding aside and have to kind of step into what will be a new style, and I think that they've covered it pretty well, and I think they've kind of mended that the best way that they can. So let's go ahead and talk about the roster, right? This is important. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Uh, for those who have not heard it, Crim6, Clayster, Hook, Shotzi, and Illy. Now, visually and at least on paper which is a very common term right on paper i think this team has this capability but realistically whenever i look at this team as a list right just in order no, not really too many outside things coming into it i personally notice 
what I've labeled as a subliminal, can I even speak? A subliminal split, right? Clayster and Crimsix, Hook, Shotzi, and Illy, right? There is a split in my mind. I couldn't say the word. There is a, a natural split that you think of whenever you think of this roster apart from one another. I think of the veterans, and then I think of the newer talent. I do. I think that in some ways for me, there is a difference between the veterans and the new school guys, right? You talk about for Clayster and Crimsix, combined 47, 48 if you include Frag Cup, 47 major championships, four world championships, two guys who exist in the top three of overall earnings in COVID esports history. These guys are not just veterans, but greats in COVID esports history, now playing with two rookies. Now, I want to be careful with this conversation because these are not just two rookies right when we talk about the, the the split that i was mentioning of earlier when i look at the the list whenever i kind of look at it on paper i instantly notice hey there's kind of a divide that's probably a better word for it there's a divide amongst that not necessarily in terms of communication but just in general you look at the the lifespan you look at the careers like you know there's there's a, there's a very well-known difference between how how all these players have come up in comparison to one another um but like i said in the conversation on rookies which is very important right now illy He's special. He really is. If you haven't heard it already, he's a special guy. And um, I'll be honest with you, I hate I hate this. But he is very similar to Simp. Now, I want to be careful with that because a lot of people instantly have said, oh, he's similar to Simp. But they don't realize the intangibles and the actual similarities that they have to one another. It's not just, oh, they're young and they came up on the EU cadets and they also happen to, you know, whatever have you. No, it's not like that. They have a similar mentality, not just in terms of their game sense, but the way that they work as players to be as, um, how should I say this? To be a lot more mature for their age, I think is important because when you're joining a team like this of Call of Duty greats, Clayster and Crimsix, wherever you're joining a roster like that, you have to contribute, right? You have to be able to contribute in some facets. They're not going to take just any, you know, whatever thing you want to throw out. And these are guys who have been part of dynasties right crim 6-2 clayster 1 these guys have been a part of dynasties even together and they know what it takes to win so if you're going to step in you have to contribute something and be a piece that will make them happy and i feel like illy has capability to do that very much so from what i've known from what i've seen cassid interviewed over him he seems to be very focused in that manner, and I think that's a, a huge pickup for Dallas because I truly believe he has the same, or rather a similar skill ceiling to someone like Simp. Now, is it as high? We don't know. But in general, I think that he has a very similar mindset to the way that someone like Simp works, where he's not the most outspoken, he's not going to go crazy on social media, but he will be a hardworking young player who instantly out of the gate is going to prove and have a, a lot of to really kind of show for himself. And I know Sim has been winning for a long time uh, since he was 15, Illy, kind of a similar manner. Uh, I think what, like in the Black Ops 3 Infinite Warfare is pretty much whenever he kind of came on the radar of a lot of people. Um, so I think the, like I said, the ceiling for him is incredibly high. And I think that he has the right mentality to be on a team like this. And there aren't many rookies that I would say that about, realistically. In, in the last three years, there aren't many rookies that I would say working with Clayster and working with Crim6, it'll work. There aren't that many, but Illy would be one of those guys. Now, kind of transferring in from Illy into Shotzi. And Illy, by the way, it's my early pick for Rookie of the Year. Before the even before the game has even come out, I'm just saying I think Illy will be the Rookie of the Year. 
Following a team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA to the NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up and it's free. Sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the best friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try for free at sports.axios.com. Now I want to let you guys know about something that I've been diving into more. Suits. I've been needing a nice suit recently, and I instantly went to Indochino. Having a nice suit that fits well is literally everything. It can instill a newfound confidence, and it never hurts to have one for the right occasion. I've also had a great experience with Indochino and even their prices, which are out of this world low. Seriously, I'm, I'm not lying. It's actually incredible how cheap their suits are. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. The best part is, like I said, they're affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. The process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in just two weeks. You can get measured and design your own suit at your nearest Indochino showroom, or you can do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Moving forward, Shotzi is also not just any rookie, right? Because he's by no means a rookie when it comes to all of esports because he has a Halo background now everyone has said oh he's a halo world champion that that's great and that's true but he's not just a halo world champion in fact he has won five total major championships in halo which is crucial because a lot of people just instantly associate him oh he was a world champion and then the conversation just kind of ends no it's not like that he was consistent over a certain time period in halo um and i've i've, I've made a few videos about this i've talked about this extensively is he worth the risk because I think that's actually really important. I do. I think it's very important to bring up this conversation because whether you believe it or not, it is a risk, right? To go with someone who has played at one Call of Duty event in their life, one actual event of which he plays top 48 with Pharaoh. Now, obviously, we can get to the specifics of that, but in general, one guy who has played one event. Is he worth the risk? And he places that way, right? And you have to really look at that and be careful of the association with it. It can't just be through players, uh, you know, conversations. It has to be through, you know, research and extensive kind of work done on that. And so I think 
is he worth the risk is a very interesting question to ask because there are a lot of people who think, man, listen, you, you already took a risk on Illy, which, you know, that's still a risk as well. I think it's much lower of a risk, that's for sure. Um, but is it worth it for both of these guys, right? Is it worth it to bring in alongside two historical esports, call it esports figureheads, to bring in two rookies? I think that it is. I really, I, not just with Illy, but I think with Shotzi, it is worth it because I've had a few conversations with people who do come from the Halo scene and know him better than anybody else. And their biggest thing that they said, the word that, that I heard that just stuck out was he has the ability, the the crazy knack to adapt. And that is the word that I needed to hear, right? After I heard that, that was the word that I was looking for. Because if you mentioned that he has a great ability to adapt, that's the biggest thing, right? The, the, the ability to transfer over from the sister esport of Call of Duty, which is Halo, has taken time for a lot of people, right? You look at Hook. It was by no means the same the same hook that we noticed in Advanced Warfare at the start of World War II. It took months, right? It took time. It took most of the season for him to get back to a level of which he was the best player on his team. Same thing goes for the most recent example of Frosty, right? Frosty joins in Black Ops 4. I mean, obviously he was good, but he was by no means great at the start of the season. As time started to go on, he looked better and better and better. Shotzi, same situation in some cases, right? Is he worth the risk? Can he translate? And is that that time period of four, five, six months worth it? And that's the reason why I think that it is worth it, because I think that he has the capability to be faster at adapting than those guys do, because that was the word that I kept hearing about was that uh, his potential is absurd. And we all know his his tactical ability. For those who have seen the Reddit threads, for those who have seen the YouTube videos of how fast and how great he can be mechanically with the controller, it's unbelievable. And it probably is, um, in their minds, one of the major selling points to picking him up for, the, for, 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 uh, for one of those reasons. But... Um, I do think that it is going to be an interesting venture. Uh, I would personally say I like the choices that they've made. Um, but I do have my questions, right? My, I would say top five teams that I have uh, who I have questions about moving into the CDL, Dallas Empire's on that list because of Shotzi. I think he has the capability to uh, be a huge option for this team. And, you know, if he were to translate as fast as someone like Formal, of which it took a few months uh, even at that, and maybe less because it just took a while for him to finally get on the radar of a lot of players out there, um, you know, it could, be, it could be scary how fast he translates. Who knows? He could be possibly the rookie of the year, depending on, you know, a few other players that could be out there. Maybe you get a guy from the bench who starts to uh, really perform. And obviously, you know, one of his biggest pieces of competition is going to be the guy who sits just to his right in Illy. So I think it should be interesting. And I am really looking forward to this Dallas roster. Um, however, my issues don't necessarily end there. And I'm not saying that there are any issues necessarily with Shanti's performance, but I think the risk in itself could allow for someone to think otherwise about this team's success. But where do I see issues already? Well, I think the ARs in some cases are a tad weak. I do, right? And I think for me, one thing that I also have a little bit of a worry about is the word arguments. Now, careful, careful, right? You have to be careful whenever you say the word arguments because, hey, Clayster has already tweeted that Clayster and Crim6, we've already talked. We've already had conversations. We kind of like where things are at. I get it, right? I totally get that argument. I understand the tweets that have come through, and I'm really happy to hear that they've already had conversations about arguments that could be coming in the future. They're aware of the uh, they're aware of the problem, and I think that's important. However, for me, that doesn't necessarily stop the ship from sinking, right? Whenever a ship is sinking, you can't just talk about the the future of it happening. Hey, you know what? 
would be a really good idea. In case the ship ever sinks, it'd probably be a good idea for us to plug up that hole over there. Yeah, it probably would be. All right, well, you have a good day. Okay, it's, it's, it's one thing to say that we're going to do it. It will be another thing to do it. So I think that that, for me, still waits to occur. So I'm happy that we're talking about it. I'm happy that we're discussing these things, but I'm still waiting for it to actually occur. When you're in the heat of a series, when you're thinking about strategies versus a particular roster and every game means a lot, how are those conversations going to happen? Like I said, and, I, and I've talked about this a few different times, there's a reason why there is one leader. There's a reason why there's one president, one pope. Somebody has to be the guy who is the final call. Who's that going to be? Right, and I know I make a lot of NBA analogies, but whenever LeBron came to the Heat, there were two guys at that time. Not just Chris Bosh, but there were two guys at the time. LeBron and Dwayne Wade. You know what Dwayne Wade did? He said, you know what? It's my team, but LeBron, he is the guy who's making the decisions here. And that is how they rolled, right? Dwayne Wade was happy to take a step aside and let this guy begin to control things. And that is what I think needs to happen between these two guys. Who is willing to do that? Who is going to be the guy that says, you know what, maybe I focus more on my game. I will be the second in command. You though are the captain. Will that happen? Will that conversation occur? I don't know. And I know that people have brought up the argument and I was very against the United roster move at the start of the season in Black Ops 4 because I was afraid of, of what could occur with this same uh, Dallas team. Placed her and Jay kept together. Don't like it. I really, I don't like it. And for obvious reasons, and there were a lot of speculation, I'm not going to dive into that, as to why certain players were removed from the team in terms of roster moves, etc. What certain players rumored wanted to do. We're not going to get into that. And I don't think that'll be an issue here, and especially with franchising, it works different. But I think that that, for me, could still be a problem, will be the arguments, and could be the... Lack of slang in the ARs. I, I think that um, that for me is still a little bit of a, of a worrisome problem. And I am interested to see exactly how those get found out. And I, and I know it's going to be a slower paced title. Modern Warfare will work a little bit different. Um, so I think for their sake, I think they hope for a slower title. You know, Granite, Shotzi, fast mechanical player. Illy can kind of work in a, in a multitude of different systems. Hook, known as a faster player. But I think generally... I think you want this, the title to be a little bit more slower than fast if you are this Dallas team, because I think that you really want the ARs to possibly be influential. Uh, and if so, that will work more to a Crim6 and Clayster style, because obviously not the greatest seasons last year. Crim6 has made it known that by no means would he like to replicate the year that he had in Black Ops 4. So you slow things down. Maybe he gets back to his old self, if you will, or maybe gets back to a better kind of state of mind, a better state of play, and that can really change things a lot. But uh, I, I do worry a little bit about the team. And I will say, this is something that I haven't brought up yet, um, and I, but I, I want to hear maybe chat's thoughts on this one as we get ready to move into the next topic. But even considering the cap, right, for this team, because obviously Clayster and Crim6, two household names when it comes down to Call of Duty. There's a reason why we're in the 40-plus championships, the the four uh, world championships for these guys. They have the brand. They are the face. No question about it. They played for the biggest and best brands in, that esports has to offer in terms of Call of Duty. They're not cheap. Hook, I'd imagine, also not cheap either. By far, it has been kind of the face for the Envy franchise or for the Envy team for a long time. What happens if Illy becomes Simp? Right? What, what if Illy becomes a player that is top five? What if he has a, a breakout season and instantly becomes one of the best players in the world? What happens then? 
Because now you've got Clayster, you've got Crimsix, who are both going to be on high contract, I'd imagine. Then you have Hook, who probably is on a, on a solid contract as well. And then what if Illy lives up to the expectations that we think he is possibly at? I'm just saying, and I have no idea, obviously, what that would look like. But just in general, that is something to think about. And there's a reason why I haven't really mentioned this, but I think that this has the capability to maybe move pieces around next year. Uh, which I know it's already early to start talking about that. But in general, you know, that could be a conversation saying, hey, we have four players who are very highly paid. Is that going to affect our bench? Do they care? Who knows? But I think in general, it's important to at least have that thought in the back of the mind because that could be a problem, uh, you know, maybe moving forward. But it is interesting. I like the Dallas team. I'm excited to see what they do. And I think they had by far for me uh, the best brand announcement that we have seen up to this point. Let's go ahead and stray away from Dallas and now head over to Seattle, right? This team uh, was announced yesterday uh, as of the recording, I think. Yes, uh, Seattle did announce yesterday. So super excited to kind of talk about this team. And I want to hear the chat's opinions on this one as well. Like I said, if you guys are joining us on iTunes, Spotify, whatever it may be, um, feel free, right, to uh, to be involved with us in the chat, twitch.tv slash prediction esports. We're live every Tuesday, 1130 uh, p.m. Central Time. That's 1230 p.m. Eastern Time. But I want to hear your guys' thoughts uh, on the Seattle team because I'm really interested in this one. And I don't know how I feel. I really don't. I don't know exactly how I feel about this team, but we'll talk about it regardless, right? We'll talk about it a little bit more. So, um, like I said, this is, this, is a, this is a big one, right? Because they instantly announced uh, the entire roster at once. And I will say, from a media standpoint, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to pretty much be up to bat right after the the big swing that Dallas just had. So I think a lot of people I saw on Reddit were like, yeah, you know, announcement was good. Slightly underwhelming. Well, you talk about probably and what will be the best announcement uh, in and what could be. It'll, it'll at least be top three Dallas Empire's announcement. It's going to be hard to live up to the same standard that that one just gave us. So I think in general, uh, it was difficult for Seattle, but I think the video was great. Really enjoyed that. Uh, and for those who have not seen as of yet, the roster does consist of Octane, Karma, Enable, Slacked, and Apathy, along with Coach Joey Nubsey. Um, and like I said, the video I thought was good. Really enjoyed it. I thought it gave a, a decent perspective on things, uh, and I'm excited to see what they can do. Uh, chat, <laughs> first reaction, uh, Aston underscore CA says the subs are weird. Um, Sharp says for Seattle, things could go terribly south, but they have the potential of being very crispy come champs time. I like that. Very crispy. That's a good, uh, that's a good word. I might have to use that one from time to time. Very crispy. Uh, does anyone else share the, the same sentiments? Because I'm, I'm starting to get on board with that. But, um, so whenever I look at this team, Octane Karma, Enable Select, Apathy, um, I think it's interesting, right? Because... First thought that I had, whenever I was kind of looking at this team, I was taking some notes this morning about what the roster makeup is looking like and, you know, maybe what the future could kind of hold. Um, I don't know, right? Because I think it, it's guaranteed you have a superstar talent, literally, right? Octane, by far, the star on this team, had a fantastic last year. Whenever um, 100 teams were going through the struggles that they had at the start of the season, I still was choosing him as my favorite main AR in the entire game, and a lot of people weren't. A lot of people were saying, "Ah, no, Noctane, yeah, it's 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 past his time. He's not show. He's not really showing his skill set when it comes down to the hundred thieves lineup." I actually had a few analysts uh, like kind of tweet 
I think it was like crying emojis at uh, my pick of having Octane for the main AR. But the reason why I thought that is because that it just took time for him to kind of get enveloped into a system. Now, the reason why I mentioned system Octane together is that he had a fantastic last year, by far one of the best players in the world, and I think has the capability to thrive again in the right system. And so since you have a star player, what do you do in regular sports? You build around that player, right? You build around that guy. And I don't feel like they did that. I, maybe they almost did it too much, if I if I can actually label it the right way. Um, because I think you need pieces to kind of complement what you have already. And I think that they did that. But like I said, I think they did it maybe a little bit too much. Um, I feel like they have a ton of players, or a ton of pieces rather, to help complement Slayers. But they don't have those next level slayers, if you if you kind of get my point, right? I think Slight and Apathy, both underrated players, but throughout their recent careers, haven't been the stars of their team. I mean, based off stats, you can obviously associate Slack from time to time, but generally, those aren't the guys that you really kind of call on in times where you need help. Um, Nacho in the chat says, yep, Seattle uh, is a team that needs to scale and get to the late game. <laughs> I like that. Actually, that's, that's a really good point. I get the uh, the League of Legends reference. I like that. That is true. A lot of people are talking about during champs time, this is when that team can really kind of start to uh, to really thrive. But in general, the same kind of, for me at least, goes for Enable. As I talked about Select and Apathy, the same goes for Enable. He was looked upon not as a leading slayer for 100 Thieves, he was looked upon as the glue. He stepped up when necessary, very similar to what I labeled as the karma role. So the fact that they are now on the same team with one another is interesting. So the same goes for karma, obviously a talented player, but he wasn't the number one option. None of these guys prior to Octane or except for Octane were the number one option for their team. That for me is crucial. I just think that you have a lot of players who all come from a background on assisting um and aston in the chat says but he had superstars in 100t yes he has a big he, he has big names but they will struggle to slay i agree with that not sure we're all, i think we're all kind of on the same line of thinking i don't think anyone's kind of out of the out of the ballpark if you will with their predictions on this roster we all get it right octane the major slayer rest of the guys great pieces but we talk about franchising and the way that some of these rosters have been constructed it is not just one primary player it is a multitude of guys that can step up at least those are the rosters that we are that we're having conversations about in terms of being top level teams so like i said i think based off some of the rumored rosters i think you need a heavy slang three and i think for seattle you're obviously looking at octane who i think will be that will be fantastic and then what you're looking at karma and then maybe apathy or slacked uh, and I know that Katie isn't the most important thing, but looking, and I wanted to look at something in particular for this, because for me, this is important. Looking at Pro League, here are the KDs for Seattle this season, right? Looking at looking at the team KDs, averaging them up, and I know they were on prior rosters and different teams, but you get my point. Pro League, the most consistent time period, I felt like that was a good time to, uh, to kind of grab from. The team average with Octane in, and considering, like I said, Karma, Apathy, Slack, Enable, everybody. 0.97 with Octane, who had like a 1.1, 1.2, something like that. So a 0.97 Team KD with Octane. Without Octane, it was a 0.93. 
it's not the greatest. It really isn't. And so if you're looking at slaying without your best player, and I know it's KD, everyone as of recently is so against the idea of KDs, and I understand it. It's like looking at points per game and not looking at anything else. But at the same time, you have to be careful whenever you're thinking about slaying. You really do. You have to be careful because not, not necessarily does slaying have to come first because I think, and I'm always someone who is very careful whenever I associate KD and I want to be careful about teams and players and how they mesh with one another because I think this team will mesh well with one another but it comes to a point where you have to have slang in the same aspect you can have a group of guys who work together very well but if the slang does not exist how great is the chemistry going to be the chemistry and the slang have to coincide with one another and they're meant to complement one another you have too much of one thing you lose the other you have to be careful with that now I think that uh in general, I like the team, but I think I would have been a, a bigger fan of this roster if they could have filled in one more top slayer or one more young slayer into the team. I would have loved this team with Illy, to be honest with you. Um, but I think this team does have their positives, right? I think that's that's not unnoticed, right? Obviously, you have someone like Enable, who I think will be the in-game leader. He has experience with Octane. He has an experience with a winning culture. Um, but I don't think he has anyone to convince that culture of, right? It was a big thing in 100 Thieves because he needed to convince players to the 100 Thieves system. I think in this roster, you don't have really anybody to, that you need to convince that of. You know, I, I don't think that you're going to need to convince anybody to say, hey, guys, we really need to focus. Let's, let's kind of act as a unit. I don't think you're going to have that problem. Um, and with this roster, I think you've got a lot of guys who all look to do something somewhat similar. And I also do worry a little bit about this. And the reason why I mentioned a young Slayer, um, it, the reason why I mentioned a young Slayer is, is because of the age on this team. And you have to consider that when it comes to franchising, right? Because obviously it is a more permanent System. The roster that you have is probably the roster you're going to have by the end of the season. Um, and we don't know all the details on that as of yet. But regardless, though, the team that you have right now is kind of the guys that you're relying on or what you should be relying on for the next few seasons. Right. This is this is a team that you should be somewhat confident in in that way. And I do feel like Seattle did go a little bit old with the lineup a little bit. Now, I got to be careful with that because I think that having veterans are important, but I think that you do need some young talent, right? You need something to kind of invest in, something that you can kind of muster up and work on, right? I think we kind of know what we're going to get from this lineup in terms of slaying. We've seen what these guys can do over their vast careers and what they've done over their time. But I think you do have to look at it and say, you know what? What if we brought in a young player on this team and really kind of worked them through what we've got going on right now? Because I think it would be perfect. Now, the average Seattle player's age is the highest that's been announced up to this point, which is 24 years old. Dallas, London, Minnesota, New York, their average age, 22. Paris's average age, 21. Um, they also possess the Oldest, youngest player, which I know kind of sounds odd, but the youngest player on Seattle is 22. Dallas, 18. London, Minnesota, New York, 20. Paris, 19. Oh, um, so like I said, you're not really funneling anything up. And I think with the roster that you have, I think that a young star, 20 or younger to rely on, would be perfect. I think if you threw a Dylan, I think if you threw an Illy, obviously Simp and et cetera, like you can throw in a number of different young guys. But I think if you put in a young, talented SMG player, preferably, it would have been perfect because you already have the culture. I think you have a good culture going. And I think if you put a player in a lineup like this, 
it's almost a dream because, hey, I get to work alongside someone like Octane, plus I get to work with guys who have the resumes that they do. Imagine if a young star got placed here, like I said, alongside Octane, alongside with the support of a player like Karma, Apathy, Slack, Enable. They, they've got you, right? They're willing to invest in you. Um, and so I just think that the team will heavily be relying on players who haven't felt this slang pressure in a while. You know, I think that's that's going to be the case. I think you're looking at someone like Karma, who hasn't really been called on in a while, to say, hey, Karma, you're our guy, right? You are the second option alongside Octane. Hey, hey, Apathy, you are needed to be the guy. I don't know. It's just the way that I kind of look at it. I know a lot of people kind of share those same sentiments, but just in general, I would have loved if Seattle would have gone a little bit younger and gotten someone that they can, you know, kind of funnel up in this team because I think they are a little bit older. I think all these guys are kind of not necessarily set in their ways, but we kind of know what we're going to get. And I kind of like the idea of bringing in a young, talented player who just, you know, people aren't going to know exactly what to expect from and someone that can thrive on the Seattle team. But moving forward, I think that Seattle, um, if they want to try and attract uh, a young guy, I think that a lot of players, a lot of young guys would be willing to want to come here. Right? I, I really think they do. You're going to get veteran-type experience. Obviously, the organization will see how they kind of handle things, but you're going to work alongside a, a franchise player, by far you know, a uh, an A-list-type guy and, and someone like Octane. Um, but regardless, though, I think that they could have really got something special uh, on this team. I know there was a few rumors in terms of what players they had, and that obviously could have funneled into it as well, but I think you kind of get my point. Um, Shout the format. He says, oh, I love the franchising and the young bucks to come. Um, Nacho says one or two young guns would be nice. Um, and then Aston said they missed big time on the two from Chicago. Um, and uh, Nacho also mentioned Kleenex. That's actually pretty interesting. Uh, he was indeed fantastic at champs. Um, and then that's that's a really good point that Kearley brings up. What if Artane does have a bad series? <laughs> That, that does scare me as well. I'm glad that Kirley brought that up because Octane was Mr. Consistent on 100 Thieves. But what if on the Seattle team, he has a bad map? Who do you look at then? Right, who are you looking at to put up just the numbers? I don't know if you uh, kind of have that person. Who knows? But like I said, I think we had some good conversations about Seattle. We talked about them so long that we have to kind of run through what is one of the biggest storylines in Call of Duty history. Uh, I know it's been some time, but I think it is important to still kind of reflect on it. Um, I want to kind of, you know, hit this before we do close things out today. Uh, but Scump has officially announced his departure from the Optic Gaming brand. Uh, after seven plus years of being on Optic, the time has finally come to leave the brand. Um, and which I know, in general, you're still kind of keeping, from what we know, uh, the same kind of infrastructure. It sounds as if he's going to Chicago alongside Hex. Uh, so you're kind of keeping the same people, but the brand itself it's crazy, right? It is crazy to think that eventually, uh, whenever we were kind of looking at Scump throughout his come up, I personally entered the scene, uh, the esports side of things, really in Black Ops 1. So for me, I, I was like kind of there. Like for me, if someone's coming in the scene this year, it's like, hey, I grew up watching Illy. I grew up watching Simp. Personally, I kind of grew up watching Scump. And I know a lot of people kind of have had that same opportunity, but like, like I said, people who their first year of watching competitive will be like, hey, I got to watch Illy and his come up. For me, it was I got to watch Scump, and by no means did I ever really think after he joined the Optic brand that he would ever leave it. And I think a lot of people kind of felt that same kind of notion about it that God, God forbid that he would ever leave this team. Uh, and obviously in the situations that are given, we'll call it the, the hex no longer in control type moment that obviously occurs. Um, it is what it is. But I, I think that it is interesting because 
Optic really has pretty much carried the scene for a long time. They have, right? It's it's no secret. Um, they have been the foundation for what has kind of kept Call of Duty afloat through its very rough years. As much as people want to go out and say, oh my gosh, man, the Jetpack era, it was lovely. It was. It was some of the best times we've had in Call of Duty sports history. No. It was a good time. I liked moments throughout the Jetpack era, but people who say Advanced Warfare, one of the best Call of Duty titles of all time, uh, what, Infinite Warfare, one of the best Call of Duties of all time, stop. <laughs> it's not true. We all know that it wasn't. In the middle of the title, people were quitting. They hated it. They said that they didn't like it. Obviously, we look back now and we say, oh my gosh, there were so many good maps, there were so many good moments, but in general, nobody was saying that as the title was going on. I liked AW the competitive year, but the game itself, it was hard to watch sometimes. It was. There was a ton of events going on, but there was a reason why we kept watching. Did we enjoy the game? At least back then we didn't. But why did we watch? It's because of the Yopic storyline. It was. It was. It was because of the storylines that were presented. We were stepping into a new era of Call of Duty, and we were getting to watch the team that was so heavily coveted in Call of Duty Esports, which was, can this team win a championship, right? And it was, it was so interesting to kind of watch over the seasons to see if they could finally do it, what would happen, the stories that occurred through it. And, you know, one guy, of course, alongside Hex, but Skump was the one who was consistent, right? He was the consistent guy throughout this entire period. He was watching it. He was experiencing it. He had been through pretty much every lineup that they had went through over the years. And it is hard to see. It really is. It, it's, it's hard to see. As often he was a load carrier. He went through a lot of different, um, you know, periods where he had to kind of transition his role, right? He was the guy. Then he had to step away a little bit when formal's time was kind of coming up. And then he had to, you know, answer the call again. There was a lot of different moments of which he had to constantly respond and be the stable guy for the boys in green. But what we talk about his time under optic 20 plus major championships, two X Games gold medals, uh, a world championship, seven plus years under optic. That's history, folks. It is. And often we don't talk about history in esports because of how fast things or how fast things are moving, especially in Call of Duty title after title after title. I feel like we just left Advanced Warfare a few years, or rather just a few seasons ago. It's been some time. It's been like four years. Esports moves fast. And history oftentimes can be kind of thrown by the wayside because of how fast roster changes, how fast, like I said, esports is moving each and every day. But I truly believe, and I know I mentioned this, and I know a lot of people kind of saw this on Twitter, but in general, I truly do believe that when Skump left Optic back in Ghosts, it was the best thing that ever happened to him. Because when he decided to leave, after all the frustration, after all the negative situations that were going on, oh my gosh, Nate Sean, I'm better than you, right? I'm better than you. This should be my team. I'm the one who has the brand. Why are we picking up X player? Why are we picking up Y player? We're not doing the things that I want to do. Leaving the team during that time was the best thing that he could have ever done. Because in the midst of joining the new team, in the midst of joining what was known as the next best thing at the time in Envy, he realized this isn't for me, right? This isn't where I need to be. This is, I don't like being on the other side. As I called it, the grass is not greener on the other side. It isn't as fruitful as I thought that it could have been. So when you look at it from kind of a, 
a bird's eye point of view. You're looking at this amazing story that is developed and what I truly believe is the greatest storyline in Call of Duty esports history. The run, or rather in esports history, Optics run for a world championship, Scump's hunt for a world championship, and his history and experience with the Optic brand, which is the most successful in Call of Duty esports history and probably will be for the next 20 years, if not longer. Um, it is crazy. And so in this situation now, you are immortals and you're looking at this from the bird's eye, the, the kind of the bird's eye point of view from a top perspective. If we're kind of put in immortal shoes and you're saying, oh man, a story, we gotta, we gotta pretty much fill the next chapter of this, right? We're the ones who have to write the sequel to what is a best-selling novel. And we have no idea how they did that. <laughs> we have no pieces. We have no same characters. Everything's over. How do we write the sequel to this? And that's got to be difficult, especially when the audience isn't on board that you're writing a sequel for this. I don't know. It's interesting. And I think that with all the announcements that are going on in Call of Duty Esports history, uh, or in Esports history, in Call of Duty right now, it does kind of hamper on the history a little bit because we don't have time to cover it. Like, we really don't. Like, you know, Crim6 leaves the Optic brand and joins Dallas, his third real team in his entire history of playing for 10 plus years. Optic now, in some ways, no longer existing under Hex. Hex is now on NRG. Chicago is now a brand. It's crazy. There's so many things, like the atmosphere to the Call of Duty world is shifting all the time. Every day, things are happening. And throughout this franchise period, the entire Call of Duty world has gotten a facelift. And it's crazy because all these have happened within weeks. Within a month, the entire Call of Duty, like the way that everything has ever worked, is changing. And so you don't really have a time to cover all these things the proper way that you should. And I think that, you know, for myself, I uh, I really covet myself heavily. I'm wanting to try and get these stories out as much as I can um, because I think they're important. And I kind of rely on a few different people throughout the community. But myself, I kind of look at myself in general and say, you know what? Someone has to cover these stories because these are some of the best that will ever happen in esports. And if no one's around to tell them, then no one's ever going to know how influential they were. And so I think that it's important to cover these things and to talk about them. And I know it's been some time. But I think it is crucial to cover the optic and, and scump thing. And it deserves really a, a lot of a it deserves much more of a conversation than just one of the topics in a, in a podcast. It deserves a, a, a much more in-depth look, uh, a ton of different interviews, things like that to really kind of dive into it. But I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think uh, we'll have to see what obviously happens. Uh, obviously, there's rumors that he'll be joining uh, Chicago uh, alongside Hex, which should be interesting. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and what the storylines and, you know, what's going to kind of happen for the future of it. But guys, I know we're really ahead on time really quickly before we go. Chad, I'm looking at you. Best slash worst confirmed logo so far, right? We've got four of them. We've got the Royal Ravens. We've got the Dallas Empire, Los Angeles Gorillas, and the New York Subliners. What are the thoughts? It's kind of weird to say the New York Subliners. Obviously, it's been a rumor for a long time, but I've never really said it out loud before. <laughs> but what is the best slash worst logo? You guys get to go. Um, and obviously if you guys are listening, um, through us, like I said, through Spotify, through iTunes, apologies on that, but feel free to tweet us at prediction on Twitter with two E's at Lando on Twitter as well. Let me know what is your favorite slash least favorite logo that has been created for franchising. I, I I'll be honest. I think Dallas for me is currently winning. Um, I like Dallas a lot. I think it's good. I don't know. I, I'm thinking about the worst one. And for me, it's it's between gorillas and subliners. 
I, I've said this actually before. The subliners one's kind of growing on me a little bit. I don't know, though. It's, it's going to take some time. Instantly, everyone hated the NYXL logo in the Overwatch League, and then it started to kind of grow on people. I'm still not a fan of the NYXL logo, um, but the NYSL logo, I don't know. It's interesting. Be honest, I'm not a big fan of the Gorillas logo, and I've heard that there could be more um, that could be coming out from them. I don't know what's really... I don't really know what's happening with it. I don't. I'm, I'm interested. I like the color scheme, um, but it, it's for me still, I don't know. I, I think that favorite has got to be Dallas. In second, I think I've got the, the Ravens in terms of good. Uh, I think I've got Subliners in third and Gorillas in fourth. I don't know. It, it's just the way that I'm looking. Chat. Um, Scott X 98 says, I think Dallas is the best and why is the worst. Although I like NY's color scheme agreed with that. Uh, Aston said, NY can just burn <laughs> with the name and the logo subliners. Definitely unique. Uh, not just as best Dallas worst and why. Okay. So it seems to be somewhat consistent. No one likes the NY logo kind of except for me. So I'll take that. I'll, I'll run with it. Um, and you know, I'll have to, I'll have to kind of bury myself in that. Um, and my name and logo are so uncreative. Gosh, you guys are you guys are hammering. I, I like it. I, I like the uh, I like the honesty. But guys, like I said, thank you so much for tuning in for this episode of the Reload. You guys have been fantastic. Really enjoyed hanging out this morning. Like I said, if you guys haven't done so already, make sure to check us out. Spotify, iTunes. Check out Prediction on Twitter. Uh, if you have not uh, seen us previously, you can also check us out uh, on Twitch.tv slash Prediction Esports. Like I said, if you're watching us on Spotify and or on iTunes, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to check us out. Be involved in the live show. Would love to try to interact with you guys as much as we possibly possibly can. I do appreciate you guys for uh, for joining us today. We covered a number of different interesting subjects, right? We dived into Dallas. We dove into the Seattle roster. Um, we also got to, to touch on, you know, for a few moments uh, on what Scump leaving the Optic brand really kind of does for them now and, and where they kind of move forward to. But like we said, guys, this will be on YouTube. Make sure to be checking out for that. For really any information, just check out the the, pre the prediction uh, Twitter. Uh, that's the best place to kind of find all updates. If you have any questions, they're great, and they will be able to uh, to assist you in that one. But like I said, guys, thank you so much for joining the Reload today. A fantastic episode, and we will see you all next week. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.